0: Them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in
1: the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop
0: that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby.
1: This
2: is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network.
0: Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side.
2: Time for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. Well, here's hoping that all you gents are taking care of all the beautiful girls in your life on this Valentine's Day. What a beautiful day! Thanks to Mike Burnham and Jermaine Farrell. Quan Smith's going to join us in studio talking some Radford basketball. Get caught up on Quan here as we head through the final two weeks of the Big South regular season. It is coming to a close quickly. National TV again for the third game on Thursday night against Asheville, and then a trip to the defending champion, Longwood Lancers. We'll talk to Quan about that joining us now on the program to get you all queued up and ready to go for the nfl offseason david smith our nfl correspondent
0: as we break down super bowl 57 david how are you good morning good morning brother happy valentine's day to my wife you soon baby we'll have a great dinner tonight and great job highlanders coming on after me highlander hour huh
2: yeah it is highlander have got the hall of famer and maybe who knows a future hall of famer coming up who knows Hey, I, t- I tell you what
0: Quan, tell Quan hello tell him keep that foot on the gas last stretch buddy this is what we're here for looking forward to hearing how he, what he's got to say
2: man and he does keep his foot on the gas doesn't he? i love the way he just oh. he's fearless out there i mean he really All is gas.
0: All gas, no brakes,
2: isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is, man. He's a baller. I love it. Love, love it. Love
0: that
2: guy. 100%. Alright, well, let's get to uh, let's get to the game. Um, a classic game that has, let's just say it the way it is, it's been overshadowed by one call, and I think that that is very unfortunate uh, in all the ways around, but hey, it goes down as the third most watched television event ever, so the NFL, they don't care as long as they keep raking in the dollars, but Kind of a tale of two halves on uh, Sunday night.
0: See, absolutely right. And we're going to get to that call. And my theory on other things about it, you know, as an old coach, not as much of a coach as still a player, there's a lot of ways you can look at that we'll unpack that. But you're absolutely right. First quarter, Rick, things start off with the coin toss. Kansas City wins it and defers to the second half. Keep that in mind as we go through this. And the Eagles decide right out the gate, we're here. Jalen Hurts didn't look like the moment was too big at – Oh, he was absolutely everything. No one can blame him for the effort that the Eagles put out there. It wasn't his fault. They went 75 yards in 11 plays in about 4 minutes and 51 seconds, capped off by a Jalen Hurts sneak, which is the most unstoppable play in the history of the game. It's rugby-like. No one can stop it. Kansas City responded right away as well. They went 75 yards in six plays, finishing it off with an 18-yard TD pass to the, Rick, I don't understand, the most uncoverable tight end in the world is Travis Kelsey. I, I mean, I never see him like sprinting past anybody. No, but he's never. never. But he's never covered, I know, right? I know. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think they know he's pretty good, don't they? You know, I would say. At, 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 at every level, he appears to be open all the time. My, my baby daughter's favorite player, Travis Kelsey. I'm not even sure if she knows what he does, but we'll go on with that. Patrick Mahomes, of course, was flawless in hitting him with a perfect strike, and we've got ourselves a game. So after an Eagles punting and a missed Kansas City field goal, the Eagles scored on a 45-yard TD pass to A.J. Brown. They go up 14-7 to start the second quarter and had all the momentum. Kansas City went three and out again. Philly is dominating this thing, and then it happened. Up 14-7 with a chance to really put them down, I think, in a way. Hurts for some reason. And only, you, know, you play it long enough, you wonder how it happens. He just dropped the ball and it made the most perfect bounce right right up to Nick Bolton. He goes the distance, and instead of it being uh, 21-7 to or 17-7 Philly and, and Kansas City having no shot, now it's 14 all. And so as you think about the game, people kind of play things out. the things that often get forgotten. But Jalen didn't blink. The Eagles dominated thoroughly through the first half. They responded with a TD in the field goal to make it 24-14 at the half Rick. And near the end of the first half, if you're the Eagles, you're feeling pretty good because Mahomes near the end of the first half, about a minute and a half to go, instead of throwing the pass away, he's going for more. He gets that ankle tweaked and he was in agony. And of course I've hurt mine before. Sometimes when you hurt it, it's just that initial pain that feels like needles in you. Right. And he's coming off the field and now you're going, uh Oh, they're down 10 and that's your first half in a nutshell. So Rick, when you see that happen at that point what was your thoughts
2: well knowing how the nfl and i know Mahomes said he didn't get the shot but there were people that said he did i don't know why it was a big deal to him to say no i didn't get shot up at halftime well i wasn't i I gotta be honest i wasn't really that concerned about it i know he's a little bit he's a little bit of a um old gamesman out there with his injuries according to people in the league when he you know, makes those kind of things happen, and then he comes out. There's no way he's running on it the way he was. Let's put it that way in the fourth quarter if it had been that serious.
0: Well, it, and, and for me, if that had been anyone, I really, to your point, I really wouldn't care. Like, hey, you know what? If someone's shoulder's hurt and all of a sudden their shoulder's not hurt, they can come back and play. And listen, it's the Super Bowl, it's That's the playoffs. Right. That's right. Fix it. You're going to care. You're going to fix don't it. it. Right. No, don't bother me. That's right. No, not me either. Me either. No. At all. So, and then as I think about it, we wrap up the first half, the Eagles doubled. The time of possession, it freaking double the plays and the points. Rick and they're up ten. And Mahomes was on the sideline for most of the first half, reminding me of the Giants-Buffalo Super Bowl back when Buffalo was running everybody in the ground with yeah. hurry-up offense, and the Giants ran the ball. I think they had the ball for like forty minutes compared to nineteen for Buffalo. One way to slow them down don't let them have the ball, right? So, so Kansas City is down ten. Mahomes is limping off the field. Although by the time he got to the locker room, even before he went in. He was standing there. It looked like he just kind of had a quick tweak, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter to me whether he got shot up or not. So no. Second, no. second half, somebody fixed something, though. Ankle or no ankle. Kansas City came out. Remember, they deferred to the second half. Now they're down 10. They came right out blazing. Ten play drives, 75 yards. The one-yard TD run by Isaiah Pacheco. Cuts the lead to 24-21. Philly responds with a field goal to make it a six-point lead. Kansas City stayed hot. They went 75 yards again in just nine plays, a beautiful five-yarder to Kadarius Toney, not all pros by any stretch of the imagination, who was absolutely, it was absolutely wonderfully schemed. Rick, and let's pause and give a shout-out to Eric enemy, who for some reason, after two Super Bowl rings and they're hiring coordinators all over the place, they have won nothing. He's won two Super Bowls with Andy Reid, and he can't get a sniff at a head coaching job, so we'll shout him out right here. And he schemed that second half, and Andy Reid even said it after the game. That was Eric Enemy's deal. So they take the 28-27 lead, and after a three and out, the backbreaker backbreakers, and again, these are the kind of things that can build on the game. The Eagles then punt, and Kadarius Tony for Kansas City takes that bad boy. 65 yards to the Eagles, five, and they score from there. Here's another superstar receiver, Sky Moore, Rick. You heard of him? The rookie. He was wide. Yeah. <laughs> the rookie. There you go. He's wide open. They go up eight. Now they're up 35-27. But, again, Jalen, who was unbothered all game long, and you know, you and I talk about it, he's one of your favorite guys. You rooted for him. Yeah, yeah. I think it was September, October, you were like, he's the one, and props to you for seeing it early. He out-statisticed. It's not a word. He out-statisticed Mahomes, took his team down the field, 75 yards in four minutes and one second, scored his third rushing TD, and he converted to two-point conversion so now, Rick, was sitting there, and the game's tied. 35-all, 5.15 to go. Here's Mahomes. Now we're set up for the great ending and the final drive, or drive as we probably thought, okay, this can't probably take the whole clock. Give Kansas City credit for methodically getting in position to close it out. They mixed in the run. They mixed in the pass. They worked down the clock. And then there's that call, <laughs> the call of calls, that reset the hold downs for Kansas City and chopped off more time. And then Jarek McKinnon, give him credit, Rick, another great play where he had, where Philly had conceded the TD, right? Mm-hmm. And, and McKinnon smartly, very similar to the Maud Bradshaw situation with the Giants years ago, who fell in the right. end zone because it was weird to him, right? Uh, McKinnon understood it, slid down at the one, didn't go out of bounds, burned out the rest of the clock, and set up the game winning field goal. And that's how Kansas City wins it. We left. The game left us wanting more. We wanted to see what Hurts could do in that moment. And I think that all led to the magnification of the hold. And so how it ended left us like, ah, shucks. But at the end of the day, that's how it ends. 38-35, Rick, and I'm interested to hear your take on (laughs) the second half. And then as we transition to the next topic, what you thought about the hold. I already know, listeners. I'm going I'm, I'm to let Rick break it down for you because it, it happened, and I think 30 seconds later my phone was buzzing. So I'll let you, I'll let you share what you think about the second uh, half in general as well as the call.
2: Well, the second half in general, I was more – I think the thing that stood out to me, we, we built up Philadelphia's offensive line off of the regular season, but it was the Chiefs' offensive line that I thought really kind of stole that game away because uh, the Eagles also get great pressure throughout. They got basically none on Mahomes this entire game. There were some times from the edges that they would get in on him, but he's so good at stepping up. But I think the Chiefs offensive lines, the unsung heroes of this whole thing, um, that's my first thought going back and looking at it because they kind of were an afterthought because everybody kept talking about the Eagles offensive line, right? And I think those guys probably got together and said, you know what? All we're hearing about is the big guys up front wearing green. What about us? We were pretty good, too. So that stood out for me. But the call itself, I mean, I'm sorry. It can't be made when that's the first defensive holding that you've called the entire game. When we've watched replay after replay of other plays and you're seeing worse tugging on the jersey, you saw a couple of takedowns almost that could have been called, one against each team that they let go the entire game. So you're a former, my goodness, you're a Hall of Famer <laughs> on the basketball court, David Smith, what are you asking for from officials? You want consistency. consistency.
0: Same thing all game. And, That's when what we you,
2: and when you set a standard for how a game is going to be played in the post in particular, that you can do this, you can lean on a guy, you can bang on a guy, that guy gets used to playing that way. So – if all of a sudden, with three minutes, two minutes to go, they start calling those fouls and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're, you let us play this way for 37 minutes and now you're blowing your whistle? The officials at that point are taking it on themselves to become the deciding factor in the game, whether it's a blatant attempt or not, and you're taking it away from the players. And I don't well, understand why so many people are so satisfied. And you just said it. You just hit on it. So many people are saying, well, they he said it was a hold the guy who did it. It doesn't matter whether he said it was a hold or not. We can see that it was a hold. That's not the debate. The debate is why then is it called with, you know, 2 minutes to go as opposed to all the other times it was ignored. And to your point, Why are so many fans so satisfied with the ending of what that game could have been being taken away from us as fans? We wanted to see Jalen Hurts with a minute and a half to go and no timeouts the way they were moving up and down the field. Get that team probably at least in field goal range. So at the very least, we're likely looking at overtime. But I have a feeling he probably would have gotten a touchdown. I don't know. I would like to have found that out. But
0: many fans seem to accept the fact that, nope, had to call it, game over. Well, I think think to your point, and then – I, I, I harken back to the Duke UVA men's basketball game on Saturday at the end where the Duke player was driving to the basket and was clearly fouled and he wasn't called. Correct. It was not called. Now, to me, I think, and this is as a player, a little bit as a coach, I used to just tell the officials, I need to know what to tell my team is acceptable or unacceptable. Right. acceptable. Right. So there's that what what allows this to be okay cuz i really had no skin in the game so i'm not a loyalist or ego on any side of it is the problem with it all is is that he actually held him so the what the referees can say is there is no debating that it happened if the debate is we didn't call him early then you can say that's just what happened versus if it ha- if a guy gets held and they don't call it coming down to it that almost is a little worse. Now, Rick, for people like you and I, I don't want to hear that. I need to be able to tell my players what to do. Right? Don't get, don't get tight at the end because we're asking players to not get tight. And then I had to defer to the experts. Everyone that I taught, heard on yesterday, on every show imaginable, I listened to way too many, they all said, it's a hole. It's a hole. Now, the only, the, the only blowback in it is exactly what you said, is if you're going to let us be acceptable for three quarters, You've got to let it be that way. And most of the people talked about it and said, I'm not sure I've seen as much of that. But as you know, Rick, if you want to look deep enough into a game, it's everywhere. So it's unfortunate that it came to that. But I wanted to speak to a couple of things that I think are bigger issues that cost the Eagles a game in a great game. You already know one more. First thing is Patrick Mahomes is a great football player. And I don't think you'll even dispute that. He's an MVP He's not a me 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 guy. Now I know you're in the division with him with Denver, so you're probably gonna feel differently about it, <laughs> right? But but he did lose Tyreek Hill. He had rookie scoring TDs. He is an absolute force multiplier. Look at the contract he signed. Now he's not gonna starve, right? But he took a deal that's so cap friendly allows his team to put pieces in place. Two Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs, four consecutive AFC Championship games, and three Super Bowl appearances in six years. That's pretty good. And when you get the MVP, you're voted on by the league. If the league don't kind of like you, you ain't going to get that. So we'll go there with that. Not to mention Andy Reid is great. And I don't know how you feel about Andy Reid. I think he gets a short end of stuff. Teams always good. You know what I mean, Rick? Oh, he was They're the difference always, maker. I mean, you think about all, the, uh, the Super Bowl yeah. halftime,
2: David, you get that longer break, right? You get 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. He, usually you don't have time to make adjustments. I've heard also right. players say that fans think that they make all these adjustments at halftime, but you don't. No you time. Don't. But no here time. here you do. And so I think, he, right. I think Andy Reid had extra time, and he had some ideas already that he was able to implement, and they did adjust, especially some of their blocking schemes and Mahomes running more in the second half, getting out of the pocket a little soon, little things like that. And he, I think those two plays they scored that looked wide open, which they were, yep.
0: I, think he he designed, I think he designed those formations. 100%. Oh, he half-time. schemed them up great. That's a, yeah. I was saying earlier with him and Beany, Rick, they made the difference. They saw something. In fact, I was reading where Eric Beany said, we saw them do A on this, and we knew if we did this, we would have B. And that's exactly what happened. And that's adjustments. Thank you, Rihanna, for the extra song. They gave them more time, Rick, and there they go. So... But here's another thing. What happened to the vaunted Philly defense? In the second half, Kansas City went TD, 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 field goal. They never punted. No pressure. So what Philly really needed to kind of win the game, you're up 10, and Kansas City gets the ball. If you get them off the field three and out to start that second half, none of the interference and the holding matters. You, you were set up to win. Plus, with the Philly running game, you would burn clock. What, what happened to that formula at that time? It didn't seem to carry over. The punt return was also critical, Rick. That was so much of a backbreaker. It It set up Kansas City for a short field. And then don't forget, too, as much as we love him, Jalen Hurts dropping that ball when Kansas City had done nothing. It was a scoop and score situation. Gave Kansas City a lift that they didn't deserve. What would that first half have been like otherwise? So so the hold matters because it's magnified, because it's at the end. There are four other things right there that I think you look at that Philly will look back and go, we didn't get any pressure. We never sacked him at all. That team right there was the second defense, second rated defense in the league. And unfortunately it didn't work out for him on that day. So hey man, if you can get through it all, sometimes you know you gotta beat everybody. Officials, crowd, reign. To be a champion, it means you navigated through the good and the bad.
2: Well, the outcome of the game also bad for me, it means I lost the picks with you this Yeah.
0: <laughs> so wasn't gonna say that, but you know, uh, and what's so funny, Rick is had you not picked Philly, I was going to because, uh, and you took them 34 to 24 too. And at halftime, they were up 10. I was so feeling good you, at halftime. You, hey, you were there. And I picked Kansas City 27, 24. So it ended with a three point spread that I picked and you had the first half and it ended there. It would have been good. So yes, I won the picks. So you and I'll split a box of popcorn somewhere <laughs> down the road and uh, we'll figure out what that's going to look like. But, but that's where we are right there. So, Great job on great great picks over the years. Always fun to be able to look back and see how our prognostications went or didn't go, right? Right,
2: <laughs> right. And then next week we'll have to look back at the year. I think um, obviously the league's financial health is unprecedented uh, with the deals that they have signed, these brand-new TV deals they've locked in. But uh, I think the product on the field is going to be even better next year just in terms mm-hmm. of I believe even though publicly Goodell will kind of ignore the situation with the officials. I think once they get in there with the rules committee members and those coaches are heard, you're going to see them tweak some things. I hope to goodness they tweak some things with the roughing the passer calls and things like that um, and allow guys to play a little bit of defense. But uh, I think the league potentially with the exciting young teams we had, the coaching changes, I think there's an opportunity for the league to even become even more parity field if that's possible next year. So there's a lot to look forward to.
0: A lot to look forward to. The Combine's coming up on the 28th. The franchise taxed ups March 7th. Yeah. We'll be able to unpack that. Free agencies March 15th. So what we'll do next week is we'll unpack, recap the season. We'll look at what I thought was going to happen and what actually did happen. We'll compare how trash that was. And then and then we'll take a look at the NFL from a wide-ranging uh, situation. And just remember, Rick, they can't screw it up. The NFL is Teflon, babe. They are. You can't they mess are. it up. Every week, we every week we come back and there's games that we talk about and stuff we've never seen. No, so we're no. very fortunate to talk about the greatest thing in the world. And I look forward to recapping it all next week.
2: All right, brother. I look forward to it as well. You stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday at the Demon Center.
0: Yes, sir. Have a great one, Rick. Thank right, you, buddy.
2: Man, there you go. That's uh, David Smith, our NFL correspondent, the Radford Hall of Famer. Quick break. We're coming back. Remind you what's ahead in our final segment after this.
0: You're not off the leash yet. We're happy to have you with us and hope you'll come back often.
2: Big Dog Sports Talk will be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on WRAD. Every Vietnam movie montage right now with CCR's fortunate son. All right. Thanks to uh, David Smith, we're rolling along here. News is coming up. Hope everybody's doing well wherever they might be on this Valentine's Day. Take a break. We'll come back. (laughs) Right, I'm right though. Right, every every Vietnam movie montage has a CCR song or three at some point. Stay with us.
0: a story in my mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the boogie-woogie man, professional wrestler. I'll tell all my people, listen, listen to Rick Watson. Yeah!
2: Now it's time 25 minutes before, things before things the top of the hour. I Hope you're well, wherever you I might can be. I can feel when we, touch. we were uh, scheduled to be joined by Daquan Smith, here on the program he uh i'm guessing he's probably still asleep would be my guess as hard as those guys work saquon so has not reached the building yet if he does we'll have him on for a little bit if not we will uh, reschedule Seven four four twenty nine ninety. here on this valentine's day hope everybody's doing okay remember it's the day that you have to take care of your your very own Wayne says we need Survivor to come to town. Yeah, but Jimmy Jamison passing away. I don't know if I'd want to hear whomever they would throw in there. You just can't replace the lead singer. Neil had the story, by the way. Neil is a big Survivor fan. I think you would have to say that Neil's probably the biggest Survivor fan that I've ever known. And... um, He went to go see Survivor. They were supposed to be with a couple other bands. I think Stick was, Sticks was one. He tells the story much better than I do. He'd been waiting to see Survivor. Then he got down there and they found out I think it was Sticks that didn't show up or something. So they canceled the whole gig. Like he goes all the way down there, buys his tickets. I think he got a refund, but he went all the way down there to see Survivor. And then uh, they canceled. And he never got to see them. And then Jimmy Jameson died. Yeah, true story. So I always feel for Neil in that regard. that he didn't get to see Survivor. Of course, that's his song, by the way. I think it's the song that he relates to his marriage, but his wife really doesn't care much for it, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so... But that would have to be one of the most ultimate disappointments, though, right? Like, you can't wait to see a band, and you finally got tickets, you never thought it'd be possible, and you go down there, and I think Quan just got here, by the way. Yeah, Quan is now in the house. And then you get down there, and then uh, everything's over with at that point. You don't get to go. You don't get to do anything. Don't get to see the band then the lead singer passes, and then you know you're never going to get to see them in that context again. Sad, sad stuff all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. Survivor and Rocky, always connected. Always connected. Absolutely. But keep in mind that was Survivor without Jimmy Jamison the first time around with the uh, with the song. All right, Kwan, that'll be your headset right there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in action, taking you behind the curtain. Radford guard, Daquan Smith in studio. Can you hear me okay? Uh, you got me? Test, test. You can turn yeah, Turn that knob. You should be able to hear yeah, me. There you yeah. go. And that'll be your mic. Just turn that in your direction, and there you're good. What's up, Quan? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> now, we didn't wake you up too early, did we? Were you, already, were you already up and going?
1: Yeah, I was already up
2: and going.
1: I was already up and going. <laughs>
2: well, it's great to see you, man. Appreciate you coming in. All right, so we had you on before the season. Mm-hmm. peeps loved hearing from you let me ask you now you've been at Radford now a few months we're in the final stretch of your first regular season how has this community being at Radford University how have
1: you uh, kind of embraced being here in the NRV um, it's been great um, people have taken me in with uh, open arms um, you know um, I love here <laughs> that's, that's really all I can say I love here um, I just like how everybody has embraced me
2: well, it is. It's, it's a special community, and um, you found that out. And I don't know, every time I see you're one of my favorite players, I just love to watch the way you go about practice and the way you play because the way you are is how you play. A lot of guys kind of change, right? You're just – you're always – is aggressive the right word? I don't know what it – talk about your style because I know as I've gotten to watch you. Fearlessness, that's, that's a good word, right? That's what you take onto the floor.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Um... I feel like um how you practice is how you play. So um I just know I gotta be aggressive and um my teammates, my coaches want me to be aggressive, so I gotta practice aggressive. Um, gotta do everything aggressive. So um that's how I work. Um, that's how I always work. So um I don't know, I think that's just how I am.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It rubs off on your teammates as well, I think. I think they see the way you're going about your business and I think that kinda gives them the mindset they need to do the same thing. Do you think about that? I mean Is that just kind of an unspoken part of the leadership that you have?
1: Um, I think so. Um, um, uh, I've always been like an energetic guy. And I think uh, my energy pours into others. When uh, other people see me energetic and um, doing things the way I do them, Uh, other people do do it as well. Well, just to remind our
2: listeners, I mean, it's such a great story. Uh, One of the main reasons you are here, obviously, at Raptors is because of Mm -hmm. your prior relationship with uh, Coach Shane Nichols, and that was just highlighted in a terrific article. Talk Mm -hmm. about that again. Remind people exactly that special connection that you've had really with the family since you were in high school or even younger than that.
1: Yeah, um, Coach Shane um, started recruiting me in um, high school. Um, if you let him tell it, uh, I ignored him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did tell me that.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's not true. But, um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just been great from since day one. Um, um, he always um kept it up front with me. Um, told me things how it is, and how he always told his uh, how it always out uh, came. So, um, uh, leaving Murray was hard, but um, I knew uh, if I would come here with him and um. Coach D. Nice, um, they'll take care of me. And, um, you know, um, they've been honest with me from the jump. You know, they told me, you know, nothing was given. You know, I had to work just like everybody else. And um, so, yeah, me and Coach Shane, like, um, he's like a father figure to me. You know, um, we've been knowing each other for a long time. So um, I think that's a relationship that uh, will never fade away.
2: All the guys I talk to, yourself included now, I mean, you talk about how real this staff is. You're not just getting a bunch of lines. It's not like you're walking onto a used car lot and they're trying to sell you something for a thousand dollars overpriced, right? Yeah. What does that mean to you as
1: a, just as an individual, right? To know that you're going to get it straight. Oh, um, I think that means a lot. I mean, they, uh, they don't sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, if you have a problem about something, um, you can go talk to them about anything. Um, if it's playing time, you know, you're you not playing, how much you want to play. Uh, the coaches that tell you why you're not playing mm-hmm. and how can you get on the floor more. So um, I think that's a big thing, especially now in college basketball. Um, having a coach that's up front with you and um, that'll tell you tell you why and why not. You're, you're not getting the result that you want. Um, I think that's great. Uh, I feel like everybody in, in life will want a person um, to be up front with you.
2: Daquan Smith is in studio with us, Radford University guard. He's the leading scorer on the team. As a matter of fact, he's eighth in the Big South Conference. As you guys had the nine-game winning streak, and then, of course, we had the, uh, the speed bump there with Gardner-Webb. Mm-hmm. Every time Coach Nichols would come out after a game during the win streak, you could really see that he'd already put the game behind him, right? He didn't want everybody. He wanted you to enjoy it, but in his mind, we're moving on to the next then you had the loss right before mm-hmm. we headed out to Charleston Southern yeah. he came out and said we're going to put that behind us can you talk about that that balance there in itself not to treat wins <coughs> and dif- uh, losses differently that's just one game and how it can affect the next
1: um i feel like that's college basketball you know um can't dwell on one one game you know um it was heartbreaking you know uh, i would say um the way we perform, you know. Um, I feel like um, they outplayed us. They out toughened us, so, um, but um, games like that, you can't just dwell on that and then it spiral to the next game. So um, I feel like uh, we came in with the right mindset, um, knowing what we had to do, you know, uh, and that's win at Charleston Southern. And uh, I feel like, um, you know, we uh, responded the right way. Um, you know, I'm um, just going to, you know, this season we took, we took a few losses. You yeah, know. Um, yeah. I feel like that was our biggest loss. And um, I feel like uh, we responded the right way. Yeah, you
2: shoot 60%
1: on Saturday. You
2: score 90 points. I mean, you guys had separated yourself pretty much. I mean, you got acclimated to that gym pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. First time you had played there, I'm assuming as a collegiate player, yeah. and I know – I was trying to prepare, oh, you know, said, he was asking me about some of these gyms. I said, yeah. Well you can go to Presbyterian, you're gonna go back to your high school days. I said, You're gonna go to Charleston Subs and you may start thinking about middle school days, right? But yeah. do you like smaller gyms like that, smaller venues as a shooter?
1: Um honestly, Rick, uh, I'll play anywhere. Uh <laughs> big ones, small ones doesn't matter. Yeah, I I'll play outside <laughs> if we had a game outside. But um you would, yes. I mean, um <laughs> I mean, I think the gyms are, I mean, it kind of, like you say, remind me of high school, you know, um, coming from where I come from, we didn't have big high school gyms like a lot of people. So um, I feel like I adjusted quick, you know. um, As long as we got a rim and a net, I'm good.
2: (laughs) DeQuan Smith joining us on the program. Coaches love to hear that attitude. Give me a rim and a net, I'm good to go. (laughs) The relationship you have with your teammates, it's so much fun watching you guys on the road. Uh, we talked about how close it seemed like you were before the season, but now, I mean, this is a genuine family
1: atmosphere, isn't it? Um, I feel like um, that's the first thing you got to build is team chemistry. When um, you want, If you want to have a championship team, you know, um, and uh, I got to get credit to the coaches, you know, that's, that's what they did from uh, day one, you know, um, team events. Uh, just had us doing a lot of bonding. I think like in the summer that helps as well, cause we're the, we're really the only ones here. So um, right, right. So you know, and then just being on the road, being in hotel rooms with different teammates, get to know their story and um, why they play the game, the uh, the way they play. I feel like that's a good thing too. You know, um, then we go out there. You know, uh, you know what your brother is playing for, and, you, and they know what you playing for. So I think it just combines together and make us go hard as a team. I think that's a great point. Uh, it gives you an understanding of
2: what the other four guys are doing on the floor when you've mm-hmm. sat there and you've shared a room with him, a space with them, right, and you talk. It makes you understand, okay, well, I know what kind of pass I need to throw him. I know what, how he's going to react, yeah. right, if I give him the ball there. yeah. Is there a bigger, I guess you could say a funnier personality on the team you've gotten to know? Is there like a a, a practical joke guy or somebody you guys like to give a hard time to knowing uh, they're going to react a certain way? I know one, I would okay. guess. <laughs> uh like I envision that Shaq gets a lot of heat from you guys. Is that true or false? Yeah,
1: Shaq, Shaq, Shaq could be in his own world. Uh, honestly, I joke, I joke with a lot of people, but I probably say the two people I joke with the most would probably be Majal and Sal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I joke with Sal a lot. I mean, we roommates, uh, we live together, so. Um, we always joking together. And Majal, uh, on the court, going to games, I always joke with Majal. <laughs> Majal's funny. Uh, he's special. So, uh, yeah, i probably say Majal
2: and Sal. So the bigs, you and the bigs, you like to joke with the bigger guys. Yeah, so that's yeah, I, name, right? I like
1: to joke with the bigs. You know, uh, sometimes I think I'm a big out there, uh, so uh, I joke with them a lot.
2: Well, I was just talking with David Smith, who you always see courtside. Yeah. We were talking about you before he came on, and he was a – you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So he – the way you play, it's, it's, it's the way that I would want to coach a player because it doesn't matter the situation. You don't change, and I think that's a great thing, right? Whether you're shooting well or not, whatever, you find out a different way to help. You're always grabbing a – it looks like a key rebound. You're, talk about that because you just keep going regardless of how the game's flowing to you. Most of the time it flows well for you, but even when it doesn't, that doesn't seem to dissuade you out there.
1: Um. Well, um. I know I got uh, great teammates. Um. If I'm not shooting well, I know um, B.A., Joe, O., K.G., all our guys yeah. really uh, yeah. can step up. So um, when I'm not shooting well, I always think like, okay, that's not all the game. You know, uh, Coach Nice tell us, uh 95% is uh the game without the ball. So I try to, you know, play great defense, go get a rebound, uh talk, communicate, make a good pass, you know, uh just things to impact the game. You know, you always can impact the game without scoring the ball, you mm-hmm. know. Um, some of the greats, people in Hall of Fame and NBA probably wasn't great offensive players, but absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know they did their job. So um, I feel like um I just do, you know, try to do everything. Talk you know uh play defense and um scoring things i mean you know some games uh, you're going to be on some games you're going to be off but you can't let that dictate the the whole game how much have you learned even more about communication
2: and the importance of it i bet i've heard coach say it say it a 100 times at least
1: uh i learned a lot you know um just seeing it you know uh when you're open you think somebody see you but they don't and but if you communicate them with them, you know, and tell them, hey, I'm open, you know, and they throw you the ball, you and then you can see that, and it just communication just go a long way, you know, um, uh, communicating with somebody so y'all can get on the same page, and um, I think that just helps us a lot.
2: The Quan Smith in studio with us, he's having a great first year at Radford, and he's eighth overall in the conference in scoring. How's your body holding up? Uh, People don't think about that because you're in shape, you're perceived to be young. But here we are in February. You've been doing Mm -hmm. this since the summer. Mm -hmm. As you get down to February and determine, how's your physicality holding up? I mean, I know you're in great condition, but your body, you have to always think about that, right? Not Mm -hmm. only your physical body, but
1: from your mind up to from your neck up too, right and how you approach every day. Um, I'm, uh, I'm grateful, uh, Rick, you know, uh, it's a lot of people that would be dying for this opportunity I have to play college basketball, mm-hmm. especially on a vision one level. So, um, my, men- my mentality every day is to just, you know, um, I think about my family, you know, um, all the things they sacrificed for me to get here. So, um, getting up, I mean, uh, that, I mean, that's a hard part getting up every morning, but when I just think about my family Everything they sacrifice for me, um, that get me going. So um, I'm just grateful, you know, to be a Division One athlete playing basketball. And as far as, like, my body-wise, physically, um, Coach Norton does a great job in the weight room. And Chad, Chad always helped me. I'm always in there, always in there with Chad. Um, I do a lot of recovery at home myself, you know. And Coach Nice is always on me about taking collagen <laughs> and icing up even right, when I'm not right. uh, hurting. So um, that helped me a lot, you know. Um, playing minutes and um, being ready to go. Is it tougher for you and your personality
2: because you're always wanting to go to have to be able to condition yourself to go? All right, like you just said, the recovery part's
1: just as important, right? Um, I, I really take care of my body a lot, so um, nah, um like I say, I'm always getting um, hyper ice boots, um, massage gun. I always do that. Stretch, cause I know how important it is. You know, even if I feel like I'm fine. All right. So before we go, this may or may not have been a text from one of
2: your coaches. <laughs> the question is, what assistant coach goes the craziest in practice or in games? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um. Uh. At first, I thought it would be Coach Shane, cause just, <laughs> just cause I know Coach Shane for the longest. But I have to go, Coach uh, Coach Pete. <laughs> coach, yeah, Coach Coach Pete. Uh, yeah, he, he goes crazy, <laughs> especially uh especially on the bigs. You know, uh, he 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 gets on them a lot, and um yeah, and uh Coach Sweat Coach Sweat. Uh, he 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 got off. We got you know uh got on the bigs a, a few times. <laughs> you know uh. But pound for pound, you would say it's Coach I, Pete? I say Coach Pete or, or Coach Shane, <laughs> Coach Pete or Coach Shane. But right now, I had to, uh, uh, I had to go with Coach Pete. Well, coming up before uh,
2: we head out, one more home game in terms of national TV on mm-hmm. Thursday. I know how much the big crowds have helped you guys, and I know uh, we need a big crowd there to support the team again against Asheville on Thursday.
1: Yeah, um, I'm just wishing all the fans, uh, fans and students come out and show support. Um, Thursday as we compete against Asheville, you know, um, you know, it's a big game. Every game is a big game, but um, as everybody know, this is the tie for first place. So um, yeah. We need everybody's energy. Um, you know, had a deadman center rock and um we uh that keep, that gets us going. So, you know, um just uh want everybody to come out and uh show support. Well, Quan, listen,
2: uh, congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far. I know we still have a lot to do in terms of getting to the ultimate goal, but yeah. I appreciate your time this morning, well, man.
1: Appreciate you, Rick. Um, anytime, you know, um, I was up anyway. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would be.
2: <laughs> that is a rad regard to Quan Smith. Great stuff from him. Come support Quan and all the other Highlanders, as he just mentioned, on Thursday. All right, have a good day at school and practice, my friend. Yes, sir. There you go. That's the Smith. We're taking our final break. Coming back, wrapping it up on a Tuesday. Take the big dog for a walk.
1: Oh, just the people I'd want walking around all lick it up.
2: Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. The show now officially in the books, thanks to Mike Burnham, Jermaine Farrell, David Smith, and Daquan Smith. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Enjoy the 60 degrees. We'll see you tomorrow on the Day Wednesday edition.
0: here at News Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy.
2: You stay classy, New River Valley.